Section seventeen of the Letters of Jane Austen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letter thirty seven Sloane Street, Tuesday. My dear Cassandra, I had sent off my letter yesterday before yours came, which I was sorry for, but as Eliza has been so good as to get me a frank, your questions shall be answered without much further expense to you. The best direction to Henry at Oxford will be the Blue Boar, Corn Market. I do not mean to provide another trimming for my police, for I am determined to spend no more money, so I shall wear it as it is, longer than I ought, and then I do not know. My headdress was a bugle-band like the border to my gown, and a flower of Mrs. Tilson's. I depended upon hearing something of the evening from Mr. W. K., and am very well satisfied with his notice of me. A pleasing-looking young woman. That must do. One cannot pretend to anything better now, thankful to have it continued a few years longer. It gives me sincere pleasure to hear of Mrs. Knight's having had a tolerable night at last, but upon this occasion I wish she had another name, for the two knights jingle very much. We have tried to get self-control, but in vain. I should like to know what her estimate is, but am always half afraid of finding a clever novel too clever, and of finding my own story and my own people all forestalled. Eliza has just received a few lines from Henry to assure her of the good conduct of his mare. He slept at Uxbridge on Sunday, and wrote from Wheatfield. We were not claimed by Hans Place yesterday, but are to dine there to-day. Mr. Tilson called in the evening, but otherwise we were quite alone all day, and after having been out a good deal, the change was very pleasant. I like your opinion of Miss Atten much better than I expected, and have now hopes of her staying a whole twelve-month. By this time, I suppose, she is hard at it, governing away. Poor creature! I pity her, though they are my nieces." Oh, yes, I remember Miss Emma Plumtree's local consequence perfectly. I am in a dilemma for want of an Emma, escaped from the lips of Henry Gipps. But really, I was never much more put to it than in continuing an answer to Fanny's former message. What is there to be said on the subject? Perry Pell or Perry Pay, or Poe, or at the most, Pie Pope Pay Pike Pitt. I congratulate Edward on the Weald of Kent Canal Bill being put off till another session, as I have just had the pleasure of reading. There is always something to be hoped from delay. Between session and session, the first prepossession may rouse up the nation, and the villainous bill may be forced to lie still against wicked men's will. There is poetry for Edward and his daughter. I am afraid I shall not have any for you. I forgot to tell you in my last that our cousin Miss Payne called in on Saturday, and was persuaded to stay to dinner. She told us a great deal about her friend Lady Catherine Brecknell, who is most happily married, and Mr. Brecknell is very religious, and has got black whiskers. I am glad to think that Edward has a tolerable day for his drive to Goodneston, and very glad to hear of his kind promise of bringing you to town. I hope everything will arrange itself favourably. The sixteenth is now to be Mrs. Dundas's day. I mean, if I can, to wait for your return before I have my new gown made up, 
from a notion of their making up to more advantage together. And, as I find the muslin is not so wide as it used to be, some contrivance may be necessary. I expect the skirt to require one half-breadth cut in gauze, besides two whole breadths. Eliza has not quite yet resolved on inviting Anna, but I think she will. Yours very affectionately, Jane. Letter 38 Chawton, Wednesday, May 29 It was a mistake of mine, my dear Cassandra, to talk of a tenth child at Hamstall. I had forgot there were but eight already. Your inquiry after my uncle and aunt were most happily timed, for the very same post brought an account of them. They are again at Gloucester House, enjoying fresh air, which they seem to have felt the want of in Bath, and are tolerably well, but not more than tolerable. My aunt does not enter into particulars, but she does not write in spirits, and we imagine that she has never entirely got the better of her disorder in the winter. Mrs. Welby takes her out airing in her barouche, which gives her a headache. A comfortable proof, I suppose, of the uselessness of the new carriage, when they have got it. You certainly must have heard before I can tell you that Colonel Ord has married our cousin, Margaret Beckford, the Marchioness of Douglas's sister. The papers say that her father disinherits her, but I think too well of an Ord to suppose that she has not a handsome independence of her own. The chickens are all alive and fit for the table, but we save them for something grand. Some of the flower-seeds are coming up very well, but your mignonette makes a wretched appearance. Miss Ben has been equally unlucky as to hers. She had seed from four different people, and none of it comes up. Our young piony at the foot of the fir-tree has just blown, and looks very handsome, and the whole of the shrubbery border will be soon very gay, with pinks and sweet williams, in addition to the columbines already in bloom. The syringas, too, are coming out. We are likely to have a great crop of Orleans plums, but not many greengages. On the standard scarcely any, three or four dozen perhaps, against the wall. I told you differently when I first came home, but I can now judge better than I could then. I have had a medley and a satisfactory letter this morning from the husband and wife at Coe's, and in consequence of what is related of their plans, we have been talking over the possibility of inviting them here, in their way from Steventon, which is what one should wish to do, and is, I dare say, what they expect. But, supposing Martha to be at home, it does not seem a very easy thing to accommodate so large a party. My mother offers to give up her room to Frank and Mary, but there will then be only the best for two maids and three children. They go to Steventon about the twenty-second, and I guess, for it is quite a guess, will stay there from a fortnight to three weeks. I must not venture to press Miss Sharp's coming at present. We may hardly be at liberty before August. Poor John Bridges! We are very sorry for his situation, and for the distress of the family. Lady B. is in one way severely tried, and our own dear brother suffers a great deal, I dare say, on the occasion. I have not much to say of ourselves. Anna is nursing a cold caught in the arbour at Farringdon, that she may be able to keep her engagement to Maria M. this evening, when I suppose she will make it worse. She did not return from Farringdon till Sunday, when H. B. walked home with her, and drank tea here. She was with the Proutings almost all Monday. She went to learn to make feather trimmings of Miss Anna, and they kept her to dinner, which was rather lucky, 
as we were called upon to meet Mrs. and Miss Terry the same evening at the Digweeds, and though Anna was of course invited too, I think it always safest to keep her away from the family, lest she should be doing too little or too much. Mrs. Terry, Mary, and Robert, with my aunt Harding and her daughter, came from Dummer for a day and a night, all very agreeable, and very much delighted with the new house, and with Chawton in general. We sat upstairs, and had thunder and lightning as usual. I never knew such a spring for thunderstorms as it has been. Thank God, we have had no bad ones here. I thought myself in luck to have my uncomfortable feelings shared by the mistress of the house, as that procured blinds and candles. It had been excessively hot the whole day. Mrs. Harding is a good-looking woman, but not much like Mrs. Toke, inasmuch as she is very brown, and has scarcely any teeth. She seems to have some of Mrs. Toke's civility. Miss H. is an elegant, pleasing, pretty-looking girl, about nineteen, I suppose, or nineteen and a half, or nineteen and a quarter, with flowers in her head and music at her finger-ends. She plays very well indeed. I have seldom heard anybody with more pleasure. They were at Goddington four or five years ago. My cousin Flora Long was there last year. My name is Diana. How does Fanny like it? What a change in the weather! We have a fire again now. Harriet Benn sleeps at the great house to-night, and spends to-morrow with us, and the plan is that we should all walk with her to drink tea at Farringdon, for her mother is now recovered, but the state of the weather is not very promising at present. Miss Benn has been returned to her cottage since the beginning of last week, and has now just got another girl. She comes from Alton. For many days Miss B. had nobody with her but her niece Elizabeth, who is delighted to be her visitor and her maid. They both dined here on Saturday, while Anna was at Farringdon, and last night an accidental meeting and a sudden impulse produced Miss Benn and Maria Middleton at our tea-table. If you have not heard, it is very fit you should that Mr. Harrison has had the living of Fareham given him by the bishop, and is going to reside there, and now it is said that Mr. Peach, beautiful wiseacre, wants to have the curacy of Overton, and if he does leave Wooten, James Digweed wishes to go there. Fare you well. Yours affectionately, Jane Austen. The chimneys at the great house are done. Mr. Prouting has opened a gravel pit, very conveniently for my mother, just at the mouth of the approach to his house. But it looks a little as if he meant to catch all his company. Tolerable gravel. Letter 39 Chawton, Thursday, June 6th. By this time, my dearest Cassandra, you know Martha's plans. I was rather disappointed, I confess, to find that she could not leave town till after the twenty-fourth, as I had hoped to see you here the week before. The delay, however, is not great, and everything seems generally arranging itself for your return very comfortably. I found Henry perfectly predisposed to bring you to London, if agreeable to yourself. He has not fixed his day for going into Kent, but he must be back again before the twentieth. You may therefore think with something like certainty of the close of your Godmersham visit, and will have, I suppose, about a week for Sloane Street. He travels in his gig, and, should the weather be tolerable, I think you must have a delightful journey. I have given up all idea of Miss Sharp's travelling with you and Martha, for though you are both all compliance with my scheme, yet as you knock off a week from the end of her visit, and Martha rather more from the beginning, 
the thing is out of the question. I have written to her to say that after the middle of July we shall be very happy to receive her, and I have added a welcome if she could make her way hither directly, but I do not expect that she will. I have also sent our invitation to Coe's. We are very sorry for the disappointment you have all had in Lady B.'s illness, but a division of the proposed party is with you by this time, and I hope I may have brought you a better account of the rest. Give my love and thanks to Harriet, who has written me charming things of your looks, and diverted me very much by poor Mrs. C. Mill's continued perplexity. I had a few lines from Henry on Tuesday, to prepare us for himself and his friend, and by the time that I had made the sumptuous provision of a neck of mutton on the occasion, they drove into the court, but lest you should not immediately recollect in how many hours a neck of mutton may certainly be procured, I add that they came a little after twelve, both tall and well, and in their different degrees agreeable. It was a visit of only twenty-four hours, but very pleasant while it lasted. Mr. Tilson took a sketch of the great house before dinner, and after dinner we all three walked to Chawton Park, meaning to go into it, but it was too dirty, and we were obliged to keep on the outside. Mr. Tilson admired the trees very much, but grieved that they should not be turned into money. My mother's cold is better, and I believe she only wants dry weather to be very well. It was a great distress to her that Anna should be absent during her uncle's visit, her distress which I could not share. She does not return from Farringdon till this evening, and I doubt not has had plenty of the miscellaneous, unsettled sort of happiness which seems to suit her best. We hear from Miss Ben, who was on the common with the Proutings, that she was very much admired by the gentlemen in general. I like your new bonnets exceedingly. Yours is a shape which always looks well, and I think Fanny's particularly becoming to her. On Monday I had the pleasure of receiving, unpacking, and approving our Wedgwood wear. It all came very safely, and upon the whole is a good match, though I think they might have allowed us rather larger leaves, especially in such a year of fine foliage as this. One is apt to suppose that the woods about Birmingham must be blighted. There was no bill with the goods, but that shall not screen them from being paid. I mean to ask Martha to settle the account. It will be quite in her way, for she is just now sending my mother a breakfast set from the same place. I hope it will come by the wagon to-morrow. It is certainly what we want, and I long to know what it is like, and as I am sure Martha has great pleasure in making the present, I will not have any regret. We have considerable dealings with the wagons at present. A hamper of port and brandy from Southampton is now in the kitchen. Your answer about the Miss Plum Trees proves you as fine a Daniel as ever Portia was, for I maintained Emma to be the eldest. We began peas on Sunday, but our gatherings are very small, not at all like the gathering in The Lady of the Lake. Yesterday I had the agreeable surprise of finding several scarlet strawberries quite ripe. Had you been at home, this would have been a pleasure lost. There are more gooseberries and fewer currants than I thought at first. We must buy currants for our wine. The digweeds are gone down to see the Stephen Terrys at Southampton, and catch the King's birthday at Portsmouth. Miss Papillon called on us yesterday, looking handsomer than ever. Maria Middleton and Miss Ben dine here to-morrow. We are not to enclose any more letters to Abingdon Street, as perhaps Martha has told you. I had just left off writing, and put on my things for walking to Alton, when Anna and her friend Harriet called in their way thither, 
so we went together. Their business was to provide mourning against the King's death, and my mother has had a bombazine bought for her. I am not sorry to be back again, for the young ladies had a great deal to do, and without much method in doing it. Anna does not come home till to-morrow morning. She has written, I find, to Fanny, but there does not seem to be a great deal to relate of Tuesday. I had hoped there might be dancing. Mrs. Budd died on Sunday evening. I saw her two days before her death, and thought it must happen soon. She suffered much from weakness and restlessness almost to the last. Poor little Harriet seems truly grieved. You have never mentioned Harry. How is he? With love to you all. Yours affectionately, J. A. End of section 17